and welcome again to Fat Free Film. I'm your host, Joel Marshall. And I'm Pamela Lopez, and we are here again with Heidi Levitt, uh, one of the top casting directors in Los Angeles, who is now branching into uh, internet. And, and it's a very interesting subject of conversation because the business is moving so quickly and changing so quickly that for actors and other creatives um, to figure out where they fit in or how to make this work nowadays is really complex. So tell us what you've been up to, Heidi. Because of all of the changes in the internet and technology, I decided that I wanted to try to find a way to bring the information to people in a very simple to use form. So, and when I talk about people, I was really focusing at bringing to actors for them to find out what's casting, who's who, how do I get there? And with the applications developed through Apple, I saw that there was an opportunity to create an application that was really easy to use where actors can navigate the business. I think that the internet has created all sorts of opportunities for actors, but it's also made it sort of more complex for them to look through. What I like about the app that we created, Actor Genie, is that it's very simple. It's just easy to navigate. Every day it opens up with a piece of advice. It tells you what's casting. It tells you who's who, agents, managers, casting directors. It has all of their assistants listed. And it has a Google Map feature. So if you need to go to somebody's office, you could press Google Map and easily find it. And I have a top 10 category, which tells people you know, what I need to do. I need to get a headshot. I recommend photographers. I recommend acting teachers. I recommend what gym you could go to. Um, where to be seen, um, acting also besides classes, um, film schools because you need to do a student film. So that's a place for, it's very easy answers and they're sorted out and it's not, people get on that list because I'm choosing it from an editorial point of view. It's not that people are giving me money, there's no advertising involved here. It's more, these are the top picks that we're suggesting right now and they'll change periodically. So how does an actor um, get hold of this thing? How does the, does the actor begin to work with Actor Genie? Well, they download it from the App Store on iTunes. Right now we're featured on the front page of the App Store, so we're easy to find. Or you search Actor Genie and it'll come up. It does cost. It costs $9.99. But for $9.99, no, it's a one-time fee. So for $9.99, you're getting a ton of information and it's much less than being on IMDb Pro or something else. But the idea is that it's all there for you. Down the line, I probably will have to charge for updates on the contact information. But my idea now is to keep the what's casting aspect of it free and out there, like free once you've bought it. Because I feel like that information is in lots of sources. And I've partnered with Now Casting. They're helping me provide that information right now. And um, But it's in a very... Again, when you look at it, I don't. it's not a breakdown. So you're still going to have to go to your traditional sources at Actors Access, Breakdown Now Casting, all of those things are your agent. But I call it the lowdown because it gives you the thumbnails that you need. Um, we're not providing, like you can't submit through it. We're just trying to educate people. And I think that that's one thing that if you can give them the tools that they need, then they can go out there. How willing are casting directors to give out their location as far as where, they're, where well, they are? Because of the internet, all of that information is pretty findable. So I'm not like having to draw it out. Mm -hmm. They already have it. I'm calling a lot of casting directors to verify it though. And if somebody said to me that they don't want it on there, I'd take it off. Yeah. But mostly it's findable. I'm just making it in a very easy way to find it. I think for casting directors, and I think for any actor using it, you have to be smart about it. Don't wear out your welcome. Nobody wants you just showing up necessarily. But at least you have the information there, so you can send a picture, you know, if you're in a new play or you want to, you know, showcase something that you've done on television or in film. So I think that the information that we're giving, it's not unique. It's just uniquely presented. Mm -hmm. I think it's a really good idea uh, that you have this section where daily it tells you some kind of piece of advice, especially something that is um, true, <laughs> because you get so much advice as an actor from all kinds of different people uh, that you want to know what's true, you know, what's true and what's not, and and things like that. Like, 
what should I, I obviously have to get proactive about my career, what should I do? Should I show up at the different casting directors? You know, should I call them? Should I email them? What, what should I be doing? And that kind of advice is right there. Yeah, absolutely. Now that's one thing that you've been mentioned, email. I do not put people's emails on because I think that's too easy for people. So we didn't include any emails on there. But you're right that the advice section, I have casting directors, agents, I'm not agents actually right now, I have casting directors, actors, writers, directors, um, some producers, participating in it and I wanted to get people who would speak the truth um, you know like Juliette Lewis is on there talking about how do you handle rejection you know and that that's something people one. go through every day in this business um, I just had Brett Ratner write me these fantastic ones that were really direct you know as what to, were his by the way they're not in yet they're going to oh. be coming next week okay. so, can you give us a little idea of brett what brett ratner's like i know he's got a certain reputation different reputations among in the I industry i didn't know brett um, yeah. a good friend of mine who's a costume designer had worked with him her name is betsy hyman and she was helpful to me in like sending out the news about my app to a couple people and he was right like within 24 hours emailed me and loved it and gave me just amazing. I sent him a list of questions. He answered everything and they were just direct and they were helpful and they weren't self-congratulatory. They were just about the process and I think he's somebody, what's interesting to me about him is actually he does so many different things. I mean he's Brett Ratner the director but he also seems to have a publishing side and you know a photography side and I think that he understands the media and I think he can see how to use it, and I think he has really good advice about that. But, you know, the, the lots of different, you know, Mark Ruffalo did a really great one about, you know, the audition starts the minute you enter the room, whether you're in a meeting or, or you're in a reading. They want to see the character in you and you in the character. Well, that's very direct. Sometimes I'll see actors coming in for auditions, and, you know, they're tentative because they don't know, are they supposed to immediately be this character or do they want to be hey I'm fabulous me don't you want to know about me and there's you that's know, a really good question too like sometimes you go in for an audition and your character has an accent mm -hmm. and the question is do I start doing that accent from the from, minute I walk in the door because I don't want these people to think oh well he's not really Australian so I'd rather have somebody who's really got an Australian accent or something so should I try and pretend that I have an Australian accent or something. I think as an actor you have to sort of research who you're reading for mm -hmm. and know them. And I think that either, you know, most people in my experience with that is like, unless you are dead on 100% with that accent, don't give it to me. Yeah. Because I know you're a good actor and you can learn it. Mm -hmm. But so you might be doing yourself a disservice unless you're really perfect with it. Is that in the audition as well you're talking about? Yeah. I'm saying, you know, if you're dead on with the accent, mm -hmm. okay, come in and do it. But if not, I'm okay. I want to see you act. I don't want to see you perfect an accent. That's another skill. Mm -hmm. We mm. can test that later. Wow. So unless you're really, really certain that you're going to be nail it, I wouldn't do it. But you also have to research who you're reading for. Is it a person who understands acting? Is it a person like you could look up people's backgrounds a little bit more, I think, as an actor to know who you're reading for? Because most people, a lot of people today are on the Internet in one way, shape or form. They might have had articles written about them. They might have like I have a website that gives you a little bit of my own background. Um, and I think a lot of my colleagues do too. So hopefully an actor coming in to read for me might know where I come from. Oh yeah, you know, she likes indie films or she comes from the theater, she'll get this. Mm -hmm. uh, and that'll help them know how to present themselves. Whereas somebody who might have just come out of doing commercials and is now casting a feature film, and you think, hmm, okay, they might not have the same perspective. They might be looking to see it flat on, like when you do a commercial that's about really more about an appearance than anything else, although, I mean, there, there's commercials that, you know, ask for a certain kind of charisma or, or, or acting ability, too. I'm not putting it all down, but it's a different form than somebody who's coming into audition to do The Tempest or whatever. I think that's a good point also, is that 
when you audition, you're, you have to look at what the type of thing that you're auditioning for. Absolutely. If you're auditioning for a commercial, it's, uh, there are certain things that they're looking for in a commercial that they might not be looking for if you're going into a, a film audition, exactly. for example. And it's a different audition. I mean, it, it, and it's a different audition if you're auditioning for the theater. Sometimes people who work in the theater a lot will come into a, a small casting room like this and project right. as if they're in a big arena and it just blows everybody against yeah, the wall absolutely. and they don't really even want to hear it because yeah. it's so loud. Um, so you kind of have to play the room and play the, play the, um, the part as well as the, uh, the, the audience. The audience, yeah. yeah. That who you have. One of the things that I'd like to talk about, because I've noticed this in particular um, lately and in this pilot season, is now that we're basically online, casting is being, I mean, no one's, very rarely are people giving you a physical headshot. So when you're looking at these pages and pages of postage stamp sized photographs of people, mm -hmm. it becomes it, I, I feel like it becomes increasingly difficult for, for you to stand out in any way. Mm -hmm. um, it's unclear, you know, how much experience you have, et cetera, or what your credits are. I, I feel like what's happened is there's been this great sort of democratization. Mm -hmm. um, but for people such as myself that have been at it for a while, it just um, feels like you get put back into the big big C, mm. you know, and it's very hard nowadays to get auditions. It's becoming harder and harder. Um, how, how can an actor contend with that situation? I think that they have to be digitally smart. I say that they need to become digital natives, that we grew up in a generation that, you know, migrated into this technology, but now we have to own it. So if you're going to have your picture online, you need to make sure that that picture online is exactly right, that the resume is right, and that the reel is, is accessible and good. I do believe in hard copy pictures too. I think that when you come in for an audition you should have one or if your agent hasn't sent one ahead of time because it's always a great reference. I'm, I would take Polaroids today still because I feel like that moment that I meet you, that I see you, I'm going to remember you best. Um, so I want a picture that is representative of you, not necessarily of the character that you're auditioning for. And I'll write notes on the back of the picture. So in terms of, it's almost like now you have to do both things. You have to have a really good digital profile, and there's good and bad, and there's less good. Tell us about what Because I think a good one is short, because like that's the whole point is like now we're multitasking, and it's capturing my attention, and it's not... I don't necessarily have, there's like all about you. There might be much more than what's on the digital profile, but you allow me to go deeper if I want to, but give me the thumbnails, the highlights in a really good way, and then give me the opportunity to go deeper. So your highlights could be, needs to be like within three minutes. And sometimes you can see a highlight in, in shorter than that. But if it's beyond that, I don't think that that's good. I think you should allow that for the in-depth. In terms of the picture, I think the picture should be, you need to think of it as still print. You're looking at it digitally, but it needs to resonate both there and both on the page. And, you know, I feel like the resume is important. I am going to look at your resume. So that's why it's, it's important to have it online the right way. So you need to look at it and make sure that your agent put the right things there. That, you know, maybe your agent didn't think it was important that you worked at the public theater in 1985, but a lot of people might be interested in that or whatever. So I'm saying, like, you need to, re you need to advocate for yourself. Even if you have a great agent, I still think that today, because of the democratization, like, they can have so many more clients probably. It's a little bit easier to handle. You're not stuffing envelopes every day. It's pushing a button. So therefore, that makes the actor have to work a little bit harder for themselves as well. Yeah, so the, <clears throat> so the agents and managers don't have to put out as much money now either, probably, because they're not doing a lot of mailing or messengering. And no, but I mean, I'm not sure this is something to talk about with them, like how much time and effort they're putting into creating great digital profiles. Mm. They're still new to it. 
I think they're really expecting their actors to do it. It seems like it. Um, and how do you do it? I, I had known nothing about where, it. When you go to cast something, yeah. where do you start looking for actors? I mean, as far as these websites that are out there, there's Now Casting, there's LA Casting, there's a bunch of different right. websites out there. Do you, is there one that you like utilize more often than others? It depends for what. Like if you're doing commercials, I think LA Casting is sort of still like the prime one for that. But breakdown is breakdown. It's still, mm -hmm. you know, that's traditional, it's old fashioned, it's there, people know it. Um, I think that if I'm looking for, you know, I go to the agents that I know and like and respect their taste and managers and, and talk to them. I do put out breakdowns and I do put it out across the board so that it's open to actors access, which are non-represented actors, or now casting, which is also has both represented and non. So I think that you go across the board, and then you start, and then I start editing. Okay, I want to see who that agency is submitting. I want to see who that one is submitting. And then I'll look at everything, because it is a quick click. Sometimes, though, I'll also go online. I mean, rarely, but I have done it online where I cast a movie that Wayne Wang directed called The Princess of Nebraska and I was looking for specifically Mandarin speaking actors and I ended up casting somebody off of a YouTube video that mm. I just discovered that she submitted online. I don't remember if it was Craigslist or something but it was one of those kinds of things. People are I, getting creative with that too where you'll see like on YouTube people are putting oh, up absolutely. auditions for things that they're, they're, they're not in the running necessarily yeah. for but they're like Here's my like the Hobbit. My, yeah, a exactly. Lot of auditions Here's my Hobbit Bilbo online. Baggins, and they have the whole thing. That's like, great. Yeah, it's. I mean, I neat. think it's great. It's just a lot for us to sort through. But when I think about like, when I had the opportunity when Oliver Stone was was going to make Evita, and I had the opportunity to travel through South America looking for the real Evita. Well, how I did that was I went into each community. You know, had somebody who was local help me put out press releases, try to tell my story, try to get press coverage, and then I would hold open calls. Well, today this can be done through the internet. So that's where it's different. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, the job is the same. It's a people-to-people -people contact. I'm not going to cast something straight like that. At the end of the day, I'd like to meet them. And I think even open calls still are useful because it's different than people just barraging me with emails and seeing it online. I, even recently I did um, a workshop for Actor Fest, which is run by Backstage, um, and I was amazed. It's like a convention just for actors, for actors to come and meet casting directors, see all sorts of tools out there for the actors, like, you know, they had acting schools that were, had exhibitors that were exhibitors there, and they had photographers, and they had the whole thing, and then they had a lot of workshops going on, and I did several of those, and at one point it was like a, I did something that was what they, you know, it's like speed dating, you know, I, I had three minutes to meet like, you know, 150 people hmm. each, you know, got three minutes and I, and I, I enjoyed it in the sense that I never would have met those people. They would have been just, you know, headshots I received and what am I going to do? They mostly don't tell them, me their story. Actors need to communicate a story and hmm. this is hard in your picture and in your resume. I need to know something about you. Where you went to school gives me part of your story. Where you, you know, grew up would give me part of your story. You know, if you've done independent, if you've done theater, if you've done TV, all of that. It needs to be, but it's very hard when you're starting out. How do I, how do I create that? So meeting me is much easier for me and for that actor, but it's done more rarely. Um, and, I, and I enjoyed it. And many people came there, I would say, and I would like go to myself, oh my God turn around, go back to Texas. You're 15 and please find a high school that you're happy in. I know you want to be an actor, wow. but please, you know, yeah. please go, you know, and, 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 you know, build yourself up. Don't just come out here. And there were a lot of these people who I saw that I, you know, there's this Hollywood golden carrot that I think has become larger and larger and larger with the advent of reality television and, um, you know, American Idol, like anybody can do it. And even when you look at the American Idol auditions, I mean, I'd love to go be a fly on the wall there and see how they get through that and what do they do. It's amazing. The dream is so accessible today than when I was starting out in the business. It just wasn't something that you knew how to do and or you knew many people who were doing and you went to 
drama school or you had to do something and really train before you just showed up. Today, people show up. This is, this is what I'm talking about, though, because what happens when that happens, and I totally understand it, is that the people that did train, the people that are that working really hard, um, you know, get brushed aside by that. Get, uh, the the star of Precious is a great example. She walked in on. She was the last person to audition on the last open call. Mm. She had no experience. She was just sitting there in the hallway, and the people said, "Wow, she could do it." And then she did do a great audition. Now she's winning an Academy Award or up for one. Yeah. And that that trajectory is antithetical to everything that the actor. Right. has been taught, which uh, is takes 20, 30 years to build an actor, you know, so that they're actually able to do whatever you want them to do. And hopefully you get an Academy Award nomination based on a body of work, et cetera, et cetera. So there is this... this but that's an anomaly, Kamala. We're looking in Precious at Gaborni. She is... They needed to look outside of the the scope of just the actors out there because physically they were looking for something very different as well. Mm -hmm. And I think that she is acting, even though she doesn't come from the Bronx or Harlem. She actually has no, a no, different clearly background. But, she has but, the talent. But, but I think it doesn't happen like that very often. And I think it only happened because they were looking for such a specific kind of casting that it allowed itself to be that. I think in most other cases it wouldn't it wouldn't be that situation. But you're right. It it does. I agree with you. I mean, look, you know, we we love Meryl Streep. I mean, she said it so beautifully. Like, I'm not a great woman. I'm the vessel for great women. She understands process better than any woman that I've you know out there right now. I think in in terms of her body of work, and she has had this stellar amazing gifted career and some of it was luck too I mean it had to be it can't just happen there's other wonderful actresses out there but she took every opportunity and is such a beautiful grand dame and made it more beautiful and more luscious and I mean you know I can't go on more about Meryl Streep but that you know she's also in her own category there what happened to Gaborni I don't think is happening in as big a trend but you're right that it is a much more open playing field and in some ways it negates the people who put in the time and went to the drama school and struggled and got a scholarship and did everything they had to to get training. And I don't, I totally agree. I think training is more important than anything. I think, you know, you can have charisma, but if you don't have training, it's going to snuff out really quickly. And we can point out lots of examples of that too. So I think that Hollywood has created this situation thinking that anybody can do it, but really when you come down to it, it's not that possible. They might have a moment, but do they have a career? So when you're that actor and you're not making it and you're seeing somebody who's had no experience making it, you need to realize and think about like, but I'm in it for the long run, because a lot of these other people aren't. Right. They won't last. I do think also that one of the um, problems that actors face is, is and I, people face this in a lot of different careers, but in actors in, specifically, um, they get a lot of rejection and they face a little bit of discouragement when mm -hmm. they watch something like, uh, like you're saying, like American Idol, or they mm -hmm. see some actor that just like came out of nowhere and, mm -hmm. and did that. Um, I think that a lot of times you can fight discouragement by working on your own projects and work and doing things that are are generated by yourself and Kamala, you're a perfect perfect example of this. Um, <clears throat> so that you're not just going, just looking at these people and just waiting by your email or whatever, waiting by your phone to get your audition. That you're proactively going out there. Well, and doing we'll, things. we'll tell Heidi what we did last week because it's a very yeah. good example. I mean, you've got we're we're both uh, Joel and I are actors. We're both trained. Blah 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 blah. We're not get, we weren't getting pilot season auditions because the playing field is too cramped. There are, there are stars that want to yeah. go into television. There are stars that are willing to do guest spots, yeah. recurrings. It's like, you know, especially when you're not in your early 20s. Right. 
um, it starts to really like there's like a funnel effect <laughs> happening. So we said, you know, let's let's really get let's get down to the nitty gritty. We want to get seen. Let's go out there. Well, we. You know, we put our little package together, our map with 15 places we where we were going to go. Were. Yeah, we yeah. researched, we, we did, did all research. that stuff. We picked our roles and we went to every gate of every place that we could. And, you know, what's interesting is we could get in nowhere because we had no <laughs> drive-ons. And they were, they were really not interested in letting us go see these people. But <laughs> <laughs> what happened was... Although that action wasn't effective, the process of doing that in and of itself started shaking the bushes in some way. So that I did end up with two pilot auditions last week, but just because I finally said, oh my God, I know so-and-so who's the writer on this. What the hell? I'm just going to call them. Right. You know? And, and getting the guts up to do that and not be totally embarrassed about it is another part. But I think... Um, Had you not done the first part of it, you wouldn't, wouldn't have the done The act of yeah. looking at to see what the pilots were and then finding out, uh, you know, then finding out as much information about them did as possible. Did you look through Actor Genie to find this? We, we, we did look through <laughs> Actor Genie. Some, sometimes um, on Actor Genie, the addresses were not there. Right, they were the casting director and they were at a different place. Then, exactly. Yeah, so we looked at that. So we, we looked at Actor Genie. There's a, something called Casting About. Yeah. We looked at all yeah. the different articles we could find. We looked through yeah. IMDb Pro. Yeah. And you just suddenly start to get information. And I think a lot of times if you, can, if you hear about some kind of a project, which as actors, sometimes it's even hard to hear about the project while it's, it's before, before it's the too late. ship yeah. has sailed, as they say. And... Um, so if you start looking, if you hear about a project and you think that you might be right for it and you start really looking at it, you can look at it on the internet, you can talk to different people, it starts to, to come into view and then you have to pursue it. Of course, you have to do this very quickly. Uh, absolutely. Yeah, so the, I, the, any kind of information that can be gotten to actors in a very the most specific way possible is so helpful at this point. Yeah, that's why we started updating Atrogeny more quick, more often because yeah. of all the pilots changing every day. I'm sure. And then we had to start doing it more often. So how are you handling that? That's hard. It's yeah. just a really crazy time right now. We're updating it constantly, so that's why the download on the has been slower because we're trying to keep up with the new information every day. But I think that what you mentioned about the search, it's, it, it's humbling and it's really difficult to go out there and do that again. Like, you have a career, you have credits, it's you've been in... It's a slightly embarrassing, but what I decided was I can't be embarrassed about wanting to do what it is that I do. And however I get there, you know, in the end, I just have to suck it up. But that was another motivation of why I created Actor Genie because I had friends who had been series regulars who were calling last year going, I'm not sure my agent's telling me everything that's going on. And they didn't necessarily want to register on an online thing. Mm -hmm. So I thought, well, this is a much easier anonymous way. If I have this app, they could just look through it. I must say, I was surprised yeah. to see that a casting director put out this kind of information because I, I think as actors we think, Oh, the casting directors are just hiding from us because we're all trying to knock on their door and call them. We are your cheerleaders. You <laughs> have yes, to understand. The more I we know. talk to casting directors, we find out that they, they are we really... Like yeah. We do like actors. That's why we do this. Yeah. But, yeah, um, I just feel like the information needs to be there. And I think the other thing that you brought up is about taking the bull by the horns. And maybe it's not just going... You're going to be able to make your own shows today much more easily and if you don't like your reel because it has you know stuff from you know guest stars that are just kind of boring you know procedural shows or something that's not going to really showcase you can do it yourself today it's much much easier and I feel like more and more we are making shows that are appearing through the web and it's still a new territory and it hasn't been configured but there can be great content and if we can figure out how to, you know, keep it there and get it out there, I think that there's opportunities that actors can make their own work happen for themselves. And, you know, last year I did a film that I cast called Rage by Sally Potter, who's a very well-known art director, art film director. She did The Tango Lesson. She did Orlando, which was Tilda Swinton's sort of seminal first movie. 
And I did this film called Rage, which was about the fashion industry. It was a very much a pret-a-porter kind of story. And the film was done where they, it, the narrative unfolded in monologues told by the actors. So you didn't actually see what happened, but it was all told to you. It was almost could have been a radio play. Mm. And they were all intense close-ups. Once we started, it took about three or four months for me to get people interested in this concept and people who respected Sally. So it was a bit of a, of a challenge to educate, of course, Americans who didn't really know her. But finally, we ended up with this cast that was stellar. It was um, Judy Dench, Diane Wiest. Jude Law plays a fashion model in drag. Um, Steve Buscemi, Eddie Azard, Bob Balaban, Adriana um, Barrazzo, who was in um, Babel. And then, and even more people. I mean, I could go on. The cast was huge. And it ended up being in competition at the Berlin Film Festival last year. So I went and I was, you know, amazed because it was a very big event. Berlin is kind of like Cannes, it's Europe, you know, everything is grand and big red carpets and all this. But people didn't get this movie because it was a movie that ultimately maybe belonged on the big screen for viewers like me. I loved it. I mean, watching Judy Dench talk, fantastic. Sign <laughs> me up, you know. <laughs> but and she, her character was like an Anna Winter character, and it was like, it was amazing. Diane Weiss, amazing. Everything was amazing to me. But it didn't, Leguizamo was in it too. I mean, it, it was an amazing cast, but it didn't resonate because it wasn't a traditional movie. So the movie ended up being bought by Babblegum, which is an internet portal. And Babblegum has like different channels. And it ended up premiering on mobile web. Mm, and in a way, a great place for it. yeah, a good it was place, the definitely. right place. It was that or the Whitney Museum, if you ask mm -hmm, me, mm -hmm. because it was almost felt like an art piece. And I think Sally, when she originally made it, didn't she always was interested because the story is actually being told by a blogger. So mm. she always sort of had it in her mind, but didn't realize how it was quite going to take off that way until finally the audience is what told us that they just didn't know how to deal with this movie like that and I think because it had so many stars in the movie the expectation was so huge mm -hmm. but those monologues are amazing and it was beautifully shot and that's the kind of real I would love to see in an actor because it was so real and they created a character and it was completely believable and to me it was a very inspirational movie because I was like wow this can be done. She's communicating a story in a very different way. Maybe people weren't ready to see that story on a big screen. And maybe she didn't need to make it for that. But budget, there was a budget story wise, wise. you mean? Well, no, we made it for very little money. Actually, it was under a million dollars. But, but even still, it's like people weren't ready to see a movie that was just close-up monologues. Mm -hmm. You know, they still are trained to wanting to see more action because it was requiring you to imagine. Mm. I mean, I think it was a piece of art in a lot of ways and it's beautiful. But in a way, that art works on, you know, the mobile phone. It, it works there because you can sort of just see it and it works on that smaller screen. Mm -hmm. It'll be great on the iPad when they, you know, put it there because you can move around the pieces and see everybody. So that would be actually a great place for it. But I'm just saying, like, here was an idea of a movie that needed to be rethought. And I think an actor seeing it, for me, it would give them a lot of ideas of what they could do. Mm -hmm. Because it's very simple to, if you have good writing, which is obviously important. Right. Well, that's a very interesting um, look at what we can do to start branching into these different technologies. The only thing, and this is something that I hear in every space where people are discussing this, is the absence of a business model, the absence of a way to monetize this, because we're all, you know, as artists, we're all on the edge of uh, economic disaster, <laughs> disaster as it is, <laughs> and now we're, we're heading into more uh, smaller and smaller niches with less and less funding. Right. So the way that we need to monetize is that 
the money will come when there is there are users there is an audience the monetization or the demonetization of independent film is that they found that there's no audience going to the theater therefore these things are ending up on cable or other venues so if the people come to it if we can bring the people there if we can figure out how to do that then i think we'll figure out how to make money, money. because there is advertising i mean network television is amazing in that it exists in this form that it has for so long now and that they're, you know, an actor with no experience will sign on to a pilot and probably get paid, you know, and they've done nothing, right? They're going to work for one week on the pilot. What's the minimum today? What would you say? For, 50, for some 50, 60? I don't know. What is well, it? I'm saying know. at least it's $30,000 for that yeah. Friday. And then they're going to get a minimum guarantee and they've never done it. They didn't even necessarily even go to drama school. But they took, you know, whatever, the Phoenix University class online. <laughs> online. But, um, but they got lucky and they got a job. And they're going to be easily making, you know, for them 15000 a week. That's a lot of money because when I cast some well-known actor on an independent film and they'll do it for 2500 and go, wow, I'm getting real scale. You know, yeah. and that's really sad because that person in, should be yeah. making the $15,000 because they've been working for 20 years, right, yeah. a week. Yeah. So network television is able to do it because they buy a, a contract for five years and that's it. You're tied, right? Mm -hmm. Movies don't do that. Film doesn't do that. I feel like we'd have a better system in some ways if we had an old studio system. Contracts, because yeah. right now you have 10 people who make over $5 million and then everybody else who's making... 75 a day. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. basically, you know? <laughs> so that's really like this weird yeah. situation that's going on. So talk about monetization here, the web. Yes, how do you monetize? Well, if you do something that will get enough traffic, viewers, audience advertising will come and not only or a big company Amazon will buy it right. or something will right. something will eat it and though those things that are eating it are still traditionally funded by advertising so that it's about that it's like we have to you know with actor genie that's I had to come up with okay well right now I'm starting it out I have to try to make back my investment it was my investment in it so I came up with this 999, which in my mind, you know, it's a lot of money for an app, but it's not a lot of money for what I'm giving because Especially I'm giving. Especially if it's not a one-time thing. It's a one-time thing. I but, don't know how you're going to sustain that. Right. Well, I'm going to have other in-app store purchases, or I'm going to get make a, a lighter version where I'm giving less information and it'll be cheaper, but I'll be drawing a larger audience. I think and you then, should also make an Adobe Air version or a desktop version of some sort so that people can access it on their computer That's as a well. good idea. Yeah, um, I was just trying to be uniquely oh, mobile. I think this is a great way to get it to get it branded and out and, there. Yeah, exactly. But you're right; it's still really difficult. This morning, I had a conference call with um, a company in London um, called Production and Film, and it's a new um, free. And you guys should should look at this. It's a website, which is a website that tells people for free. They don't have they have to register, but it's free. Like what what is casting globally in English language countries. And it also has other information on it. And they're getting it through their users. Like they're still, they're expanding their database. They're much more, they're based in the UK. They started in September soft launch and they're just mushrooming now. They're getting a lot of users because it's not only for actors, but it's for people who might want to be a DP or the, all, all sorts of people. And they even going into like web designers, anybody in the creative business. But again, in terms of monetizing, we were talking about it today because we're talking about if there was a way for us to, you know, cross pollinate. Work together, yeah. absolutely. And um, we we all sort of came to the same thing. It's about the numbers. How many people are using your site? Mm -hmm. And that's what it becomes. And it's the same thing that drives ad dollars. How many people were watching Everybody Loves Raymond? Is how that show perhaps you know coveted so much, got so much money, became so valuable, or. I mean, then there's fewer like of those kind of shows that that I mean that's the the search always right for that hit show that's mm -hmm. going to generate the ad dollars. Mm -hmm. And but often to generate those those viewers or listeners or you need 
advertising money. Yeah. That's a, and so you have to find creative ways to get out, get out there otherwise, other than well, just the Well, there's sponsorship now. That's the new thing is to try mm -hmm. to get a sponsorship, mm -hmm. you know. But it is, we are still sort of pawns in this bigger world that is driven by advertising. And then we think to ourselves, ooh, do I want to be driven by advertising? <laughs> That's why I don't put ads, little banner ads on my app. I, mm -hmm. I don't want that. Mm -hmm. I want something to be, you know, true, like the, you know, just, just information because you want to share information for the sake of it. That's why I'd rather charge you for it than have to, yes, you know, sure. sort and of also cover it up with all these little ads. I'm very glad you you mentioned that thing about that the people that are on the app aren't pay, paying to play because this whole environment is pay to play now so we've become so cynical about yeah. things because we have we know there's an underlying agenda we just maybe don't see it so i think that's that's leading to just this sensation that everything is bought and paid for everything is so vertically integrated yeah. i mean the whole it really it's it's crushing to me that the movies that are getting funded are these you know, basically cotton candy, nutritionally bereft, um, huge, massive things. Whereas the movies, the kind of movies that you've made and that I that I love and that we all love, are just not finding, not finding a way out into the into it's the really world. difficult. You have to just the marketing is so important. Even like Precious, a movie like Precious, Precious, I think got out there so much because it had Oprah in the end and, and Tyler, Tyler Perry. Perry. And they were pushing it. Otherwise, you know, Lionsgate wouldn't have probably that kind of money to, to market it out there. I did a beautiful movie called Mother and Child with Rodrigo Garcia that's coming out um, through Sony Classics um, in May, Mother's Day. It's with Annette Bening, Naomi Watts, Samuel L. Jackson, Kerry Washington, and a, even other beautiful supporting actors, Jimmy Smith's in it, Cherry Jones. It's just yeah. got a great yeah. cast. And, you know, that movie is an adult movie and a story about relationship of mothers daughters and it's like it's hard to sell hard to sell out there it's going to need marketing to to really bring it to people and it's beautiful and even the other movie that i cast for mark ruffalo that was also at sundance um sympathy for delicious well that's a really interesting little movie it took at least seven or eight years to get it funded because i've been friends with mark since Is the he beginning, this he directed movie? it. Oh, really? And, it, and he won a special jury prize wow. at Sundance. And it's a really challenging little movie. And his best friend, Christopher Thornton, wrote it and stars in it. And he's a handicapped actor, he's in a wheelchair. Mm. And he's the star. Mm. And, you know, thank God, you know, we, everybody was always loyal to having Chris play that role. But can, you can imagine the pressure that there was to cast a movie star. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And yet, they managed to scrape it together and make this movie and it got to Sundance and it has Orlando Bloom and Laura Linney and Juliette Lewis who's absolutely, you know, a powerhouse in this movie and hopefully it will find an audience, but it's a challenging movie. It's not a straightforward little tale that has, you know. So yeah, and then you you know, if you step back and look at why is it that um, that the American audience is not willing to make the effort really the the intellectual effort or anything to to look at some of this stuff that could actually do what it is that art is supposed to do um, and then you go back to education yeah and you go back to we are not educating our public we're not educating them in the arts every school that I go and speak to the arts programs are cut yeah. Um, so we're dealing with, I mean, we're really dealing with like a, a seismic sh uh, shift that we have to make. And I think in this country on so many levels, we're dealing with this. I mean, if you just look at every industry from banking to government to everything, we're talking about the same thing. It's mm. the quick instant gratification fix that has led us to the place where we are now. Yeah. Um, so we do have to start making, and I, I just want to give a shout out to Jeremy Kagan um, over at, at USC who's starting this Change Media Lab, which is studying how we, how we use media and where it's effective and is narrative effective, more effective than documentary to actually educate the public, which is, you know, part of um, 
in my view, if we're going to be profiting off of public airwaves and public mm -hmm. uh, spaces, then we do have some sort of a social responsibility. And I think that that is an absent concept in this business. It's actually some kind of a taboo. Um, taboo. Yeah. But it can't be. And no, it's I people like you, us huh? that have to say, I'm sorry, not acceptable. Yeah. Not show business. Yeah. No, sorry. It's not just business because just business has people living on the streets across this country, has children unable to eat. It's the just business. Yeah. So I, I think that this application that you're making is very important in the sense that actors now can take this and then do with it what they need to do to satisfy their own creative yeah. desires yeah. because you feel hamstrung yeah. here. Yeah, definitely. So, I mean, I, I applaud that, and I, I hope you don't get a lot of crap from from people that feel like you're you're opening it up. Yeah, yeah, you never know. So far it's been okay, but I'm sure that some people feel like you, you lifted the curtain, and why are you lifting the curtain? I did an article, I was interviewed in 2001 in Los Angeles Magazine. They do like an Oscar issue every year, and I was featured, it was a long article about the process of casting a movie. And I wanted to open that curtain because, God, it's so hard. I wanted people to see why we had to cast this person and what the process was. And, and it was very, um, it was an eye-opening experience for some people because, you know, I'd be there like pleading, well, why, you know, please consider this actress. She's fantastic. She was nominated for an Academy Award. Well, she wasn't that flavor of the month then. And so therefore we were going to somebody who was on a magazine cover and I'm like, you know, and they would see me talking about this. And I felt that it was important that it get out there so that people understand how the process was. The movie was called The Man from Elysian Fields and it was directed mm -hmm. by George Hickenlooper and it was with Andy Garcia and um, Mick Jagger. Jagger. Yeah. Yeah, and it, they had a really, I mean, there was an, actually a really cool cast in that movie. Angelica oh, yeah. Houston nice and James Coburn. We should put a link up to that article next to this. Yeah, it's up up there. And it, and I, I think it's important because, like, there, it was going behind the curtains. I did get in trouble with a couple of people who felt like, well, we don't do that. And I'm like, but what are you doing, you know? It's not like... We went to graduate school for a degree in it. We got to explain it somehow. We a, have to give. A, yeah, I, give. it's important. I, I had a great experience uh, this last week. Uh, this casting director Scott Wisner, who uh, does commercials, uh -huh. invited me to sit there through the for session. three hours oh, you through saw the session. How he looks through the monitor. Yeah, yeah. it's so. It just was so eye-opening as an actor to watch actors come in and see what works and what doesn't, and see how the little things that you do like can be a problem and things that that aren't and. Uh, how you have to just really listen to the casting director because if you don't catch what the little directions that they give you sometimes you can be like out of frame on the you know even when they videotape you so lifting the curtain like you say on that kind of thing for for actors and probably other professionals including directors and producers is really valuable because then you know how to deliver. You can do a better job. I mean, the whole thing is that if you give the people the information, then they can give you more of what you want. Right. You know, otherwise, if you're walking in blind, you, you know, you may hit it, you may not. But if you are able to really prepare, yeah. then hopefully everybody will be happier. Plus, people are scared of what they don't know. And right. the more you can sh shed light on what they do know, the better they're going to be able to deliver as well, because exactly. they're not going to be coming in all freaked out, like maybe I'm standing in the wrong place, maybe I'm saying the wrong thing. So, um, so tell me, Actor Genie, you go to the iTunes store. Right, and it's on the App Store. App Store, yeah. and it's A-C-T-O-R-G-E-N-I-E. -E. That's it. Okay. Right now, it's it's very prominent on the Apple Store, but um, they they ha it's one They'll of the they'll move it. It's just one picks, yeah. week now. It's it's up on the top. So also, if you go to iTunes, if you just search for there's a little search field. If you just put in Actor Genie, you'll find it just right. like that. And I have a website www.actorgenie.com, which allows people to demo it. Oh, great. Mm -hmm. So that's really helpful. And too. your website also goes Has to that. a link to so it. So if you put HeidiLevitt.com, yeah. you'll find a link to it yeah. there as well. Yeah. Well, this has been great. Thank, Thank you. Thank you so much. We have to do this one little thing at the end, which yes. is called Film Bites, where we um, just come up with some 
piece of wisdom for our listeners. Um, and what would that be? I don't know. Well, I think we should read um, one of the, um, we should each read one of the actor genie ones from the past. Oh, okay. Since those are kind of film bites. Yeah, they are definitely film bites. Okay, well, can, do you have a film bite while I'm waiting to, to, to uh, load? Oh, I can get mine <laughs> load faster. Oh, I have my thing turned off. Oh. Um, my phone is turned off, but let me turn it back on. I think the film bite of today is like what you were talking about is I think you need to look at all media and all mediums and you need to be open to everything and that the next web series you might do actually might be something that will launch you so don't turn away from it but really learn who you're working with because the people behind projects are most important as an actor. So I wouldn't do anything out there. I just think that there is some really good opportunity that's coming in non-traditional ways. Mm -hmm. And um, I think you need to be open to all, all of it. Mm -hmm. And I would say that my, my film bite is, um, you know, as a, as a career actor with a lot of experience, uh, I think that you have to set aside these sort of... Uh, I guess pride, I, pride's a bad word, but you have to set aside this concept that, that people should know you, will know you, should bring you in, any of that, and just really take your ego out of the equation and do whatever you have to do to get in front of whoever you have to get in front of so you can do your job. Mm -hmm. uh, my thing is on follow through, you can have all kinds of ideas. People have all kinds of ideas, everybody has them. Um, but so when you implement an idea, it's a really good idea to follow it through, even past that point where you're like, oh, this isn't gonna work, or where you get discouraged, because a lot of times right after that discouragement is where all the gold is. Um, so, uh, for instance, what, this fat-free film, when I started out, people didn't even know what podcasts were. And when I told people about it and I started doing it, I went around. I would go to even media events where everybody there is in the industry and people wouldn't know what it was. But at this point now, things are so much more accessible. And having hung in there, um, it's something that now everyone can ex access and listen to on their iPods and on their phones and everything. So things change and also you change as you go you evolve your uh, whatever you're, it is that you're working on. Okay, now I have here how to handle rejection on my phone That's Juliet that I'm Lewis's. reading off the actor genie. And this is the Juliet Lewis's uh, recommendation on how to handle rejection. Don't take rejection personally. Getting a part has everything to do with chemistry with other actors and director and professionalism, not just talent. You're not always meant to work with every director, so don't dwell if you don't get it. All right. That is cool. So there's a whole bunch of uh, information. Yeah, in every it's day really there's great. a new one. So that's really cool. Yeah. Thanks, Heidi. Thank you. All right. Thanks a lot. <laughs>